the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. From every mountainside, let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420. The answer is your host, Bob France. Yes, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. we got to push that button over there to get rid of that echo, if you would, please, JB. And that will make my life so much better. Uh, it is eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock. We still got the echo, and it is uh, the 30th morning this Friday, the 30th morning of the ninth month of the year of our Lord, 2022. We're still in echo. We can uh, get rid of that. That would be very, very much better for this radio show. I know it's probably only echoing to me and not to you, so you might not have any idea what I'm talking about, but uh, yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> so we need to take care of that ASAP. There it is. That's so much better. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Now, uh, it is a free-for-all Friday on AM 1420, The Answer, but we do have some guests we're going to be talking to this morning, which may get in the way a little bit of your calls, but I do want to hear them today. We've had very, very heavy guest shows over the course of the last few days. Um so not a ton of time for your phone calls. We're going to really, really try to work on that today and get a lot of people up and on the radio. So write it down, save it in your phone, do what you've got to do, 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Either one of those numbers. Save them both in your phone. I'm worth two spots on your speed dial. Uh, that way you don't have to wait for me to tell you. You can just hit it and we'll get you up and on the radio, uh, like I said, as soon as humanly possible. Now, having said that, <clears throat> 
We do have a couple of important guests. We're going to be or a few important guests, actually, three of them are going to be joining us today. Coming up in uh, exactly an hour uh, at ten ten, we are going to be talking with the former. Uh, uh, Secretary of Homeland Security, Ken Cuccinelli. Our conversation from Washington, D.C., when I was broadcasting there uh, last week, got cut short by some inclement weather that kind of knocked our power out as we were broadcasting from the roof of the building uh, where we were uh, doing the FAIR uh, event, the Federation for American Immigration Reform event. And uh, so we got knocked out, and our conversation got cut short. So we're going to talk to Ken Cuccinelli a little bit more about the border, but also about a whole host of other things regarding homeland security. So we're looking forward to that conversation in about an hour, at about 10.10. At 10.35, excuse me, Christina Hagan, the um, uh, member of the... Ohio Elections Commission and former Ohio State Representative will join us for her regular Friday commentary segment. And then at 11.05, at the top of hour number three, I'm looking forward to this conversation because we have not yet talked nearly enough as we approach the midterms about the crime aspect. We're now 40 days, 40 or 39 is it now? I think it's 40. 40 days uh, until the election, and among the top issues on the minds of voters, inflation, the economy, and crime. But we're not spending enough time talking about the crime. Oh, we'll hit the, hey, this guy ran that guy down because he's a Republican, and we'll hit those stories a little bit. But in terms of overall crime rates, violent crime rates that are spiking in cities all over this country, specifically and and directly as a result of left-wing prosecutors letting going soft on criminals and essentially screwing over victims and victims' families, and left-wing judges, all of them following George Soros' orders, essentially, since he funded their their uh, their, their campaigns and their positions. Um, but these individuals are allowing violent crime to spike like it has not in in recent memory, and and maybe maybe distant memory as well. So, Dr. Curry Meyer is going to join us, criminologist, professor, retired sheriff. Uh, we're bl- a rare blend of academics and uh, and street smarts and experience. He's written an analysis of the rising homicide rates in the major cities that we talk about on a, on a semi-regular basis, but not enough, uh, concluding with a list of potential causal theories for the continued increases in homicides. We're going to let him present this. He's got nine dynamics, starting with uh, recidivism, uh, uh, improper funding, inability uh, to recruit police, uh, inability to for uh, communities to allow the police to do their jobs as intended. I mean, it's a very, very deep and complex uh, reason, or there are many reasons why crime continues to spike. So this guy's an expert. Dr. Curry Myers will be joining us at 1110. So there you have it. Ken Cuccinelli, Christina Hagan, Dr. Curry Myers, and you, before, between, and after those interviews. Uh, in case you didn't put it all together there, your best chance to get through on the radio is now in hour number one. Open lines, free for all Friday, starts now. Yes, I have a few things I want to say in the opening monologue, but in all seriousness, if you've got something you want to get on uh, and talk about, question for me, comment on something you've already heard, maybe uh, an entirely new topic you haven't heard us talking talking about that you want to talk about. That's how it runs on Free For All Friday. So 216-901-0945, Either one of those gets you started. And now, to get us started, let's start with our Pledge of Allegiance. Patriots, please rise. 
face a flag if you have one. If you don't, that's all right. Just imagine one. If you are driving, you don't have to stand, but you may put your hand on your heart and join us for this pledge. If you are a believer in Bidenomics, in rising crime rates, in an open border, if you are a believer in mortgage rates that are now at a 15-year high as homeowners struggle to try to find a way to be able to finance their homes, if you are a believer in everything that has been done to us in the last 20 months to make our lives worse than they were when Joe Biden took over, well, then you don't really appreciate that flag anyway. If you think we live in a democracy rather than a representative constitutional republic, you definitely don't know what that flag represents. As such, you may take a knee instead of standing uh, take a knee next to your favorite ex-quarterback. For the rest of us, the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. So the lead story, of course, has to continue to be, for the time being, Hurricane Ian. Hurricane Ian hit Florida, devastated very, very large swaths of Florida, then weakened to a tropical storm, and usually those things then blow themselves out. Uh, after the weekend to a tropical storm, then it goes down to a depression, and then eventually it's like, okay, now it's time to recover. Instead, this one... Uh, crossed over and is now picking up steam and has become a hurricane again as it uh, heads directly for the Carolinas and for Georgia, parts of Georgia. So it's a pretty big deal, and we should approach it as only what it is, a natural disaster, a weather occurrence. But instead, it is being approached as, you guessed it, a political event. It's a political event. It's the responsibility of the climate change deniers. That's what this is. They are trying to politicize this literally at every turn. I've got just a host of things here uh, that have been said. Let me, let me just give you just a brief description of it, because they cannot control themselves. They cannot help themselves. They've got to find a way to blame Ron DeSantis. They have to find a way to blame uh, uh, conservative Republicans, climate deniers, as they say it. Uh, Don Lemon just wants you to believe that it's worse now, hurricanes are worse now than they used to be, simply because, well, he says so. And after all, he used to live uh, down in Florida. So therefore, he knows more about weather and about the intensity of storms than you do. But uh, this is Pete Hegseth on Fox, just calling it out for what it is. And you see him ask about climate change, and the experts say to him, we can't link a specific storm to that, but yet Don Lemon doubles back trying to push his climate ideology on the expert and then ends it all after he's rebuked the second time by saying, I grew up there. I mean, it's just amazing. This was before the storm even hit. Uh, it's not a moment for politics or agenda. No, it shouldn't be. And good on that. I believe it's the director of the National Hurricane Center yeah, saying, yeah. you want to have a discussion about that? We can have a discussion about that at some point and we will probably disagree, but not right now. But they can't resist the moment. They cannot help themselves is what that means. They cannot not blame uh, an occurrence like this, some devastation that Americans are suffering through, blame it on Republicans, blame it on conservatives. You see, after all, this is the party of unity. This is the party that said Joe Biden will be the adult in the room after four years of Donald Trump being the child in the room. He's the adult, and he'll bring everybody together and bring a little bit of sanity to all of this. Really? They're literally blaming uh, uh, the climate change and climate change deniers. They're blaming them for the uh, devastation of Hurricane Ian. Carl Rove also on this topic on Fox. To the challenge. What's the global warming game they're playing? 
You know, I thought that was interesting. There's the acting director of NOAA, the National Oceanographic <laughs> and Atmospheric Agency, who says to Don Lemon, you know, I'm not going to get into that. If Don Lemon is right that they're intensifying, that he has to explain why we've been talking about the fact that there have been as many as 50 and 60 and 70 and 80 and 90 years ago uh, even more powerful hurricanes that hit Florida. So, uh, you know, look, it, it, he was right to get into this, and he said you can't take global warming and relate it to any specific event. But Don Lemon was so desperate, so <laughs> desperate to say this is global warming, and therefore we need to pass the Build Back Better plan with all its green <laughs> energy provisions, and AOC ought to be put in charge of this, and if we do that, we'll never have a bad one of these ever again. Yeah, and, and that's that's pretty accurate, uh, what Carl Rove said. And if you have not yet listened to Don Lemon on this, um, he literally got into something of an argument. He he was pretty, he was pretty immediate. <laughs> excuse me, immediately shut down when he started to, uh, when the uh, uh, expert with the NOAA told him that no, you cannot link climate change to a storm like this, an individual storm like this. He he still kind of shot back, you know. Well, I live there, so I know. You know, he knows more than everybody else, I guess. Apparently. But that's not the extent of the weaponization, I'm sorry, the politicization of um, the hurricane. They're politicizing it in so many other ways. Now, this one is going to be one that just, uh, it might knock you back. This is a Democrat abortion witness brought to testify, testify before a Senate committee on abortion and the potential of a 15-week abortion ban. Now listen to this bizarre connection. What I would point to first is a recent CDC report that looked at maternal mortality in our country and actually found that four out of five of those deaths are preventable. Some of the top conditions that they talked about were mental health conditions such as suicidality or depression, um, excessive bleeding referred to as hemorrhage, cardiac conditions which are highest among black women, and also hypertension-related conditions. All of these things are preventable. When we look at today's landscape of abortion access and we talk about a 15-week ban, we can look at Florida, for example, what's happening today with the natural disaster hurricane Ian. As that state has a 15-week ban and we think about what's happening to families, what's happening to their homes, folks that may be 13 weeks pregnant or even 10 weeks pregnant, as they deal with the things that they're having to deal with in their life, they're being pushed further and further into pregnancy. When we look at the landscape around accessing abortion and the limited number of clinics that are still available in Haven states and how long people are waiting, sometimes several weeks, that's also pushing them further into pregnancy. Now this nut uh, is Dr. Kumar with Planned Parenthood, Dr. Bavik Kumar, who is testifying before the Senate committee about the potential for a 15-week nationwide abortion ban. And he heard, he said that, you know, uh, hurricanes and natural disasters are a pretty good reason not to have a 15-week abortion ban. Because, you know, hurricanes cause all kinds of problems, and people have to go further into the pregnancy. He said, oh, now they have to actually give life to their baby as opposed to taking its life. Now, before we put a whole lot of stock into anything that Dr. Bivek Kumar from Planned Parenthood has to say about climate change and its impact on abortion, um, we have to share this one with you. And let's just keep it real simple. Just two yes or no questions. And this is for um, uh, Dr. Kumar. Dr. Kumar, can biological men become pregnant and give birth? Um, so men can have pregnancies, especially trans men. <laughs> He's a board-certified physician. He is an abortionist. He is a director of Planned Parenthood, and he thinks men 
can have babies. So just to, I, you know, this has nothing to do with the hurricane, but the guy testifying on the effect of hurricanes on abortion also thinks that men need abortions because men can also get pregnant. Did I say they were politicizing Hurricane Ian? Let's take it to another level. On MSNBC, Joyless Reed had the temerity to mock Governor Ron DeSantis, saying that Governor Ron DeSantis, as the governor of the state, that, of course, needs federal emergency management agency money, FEMA money, because this is a federal emergency. She is criticizing Ron DeSantis for having to go, as she calls it, hat in hand, to the brilliant economist Joe Biden. Today we focus on his executive leadership. There will be hard questions coming. And, and by the way, it's not even executive leadership. He is simply, all he has to do now is open up his arms and receive federal money. Let's just be clear. That's it, right, Joy? That's all he has to do is stand there, maybe just go back to his, his house and just hang out and just say, send the money, and then it's over, right? He doesn't have any work to do whatsoever. That is the executive leadership. We heard Russell Honore yesterday say, you read the script. Other than that, he's got his person that's in charge of disaster recovery will do that. As you said, this is going to become a federal issue. Those of you who have not lived in Florida don't understand. A lot of people buy their homes. They get hurricane insurance. Hurricane insurance is not flood insurance. This was not a windy storm. This was a rainy storm. This was a floody storm. You have a lot of stagnant water that is destroying property right now. People are going to have to go to FEMA. People are going to have to go to the feds for that money. And when Ron DeSantis was in Congress, and you guys were in Congress, when he was a Tea Party freshman, when New York and New Jersey faced the exact same tragedy, I mean, literally, the subways in New York were flooded. People were, could have drowned in the subway. When Ron DeSantis had the opportunity to make that decision and say, well, should the people of New York and New Jersey, who were hit by a catastrophic hurricane, they weren't even used to. They're not even in Florida. They're not used to That's hurricanes. Right. He said, no, that shouldn't happen. He, Marco Rubio, and other Tea Party um, members, uh, Senate and House, said they shouldn't have that money. It's too expensive. And now, as you said, he's now got to go hat in hand to Joe Biden for a, right. it's something he didn't even believe in as a Tea Partier. And, of course, she is completely and wholly 1,000% wrong about that. What the individuals who voted against those aid packages, these were on top of FEMA money. FEMA money was already guaranteed. They were trying to do what they always do, and that is try to lump a whole bunch of extra spending and Democrat pet projects into a quote-unquote hurricane relief bill. And those who saw right through it and said that is not what all of this money is for, let's limit it, let's strip it down to just money that is for the hurricane relief, and then we'll vote for it. They refuse to do that. They t- it's the same game they always play. Always. It's one of the most infuriating things about Congress and about federal funds. They will try to jam in as much pork as they possibly can into every bill in order to placate their own districts, placate their own constituents, or advance their own political agendas. And then when somebody votes against it for that reason, they say, "Oh, you didn't want to lower the cost of medic or uh, 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 lower the cost of um, of uh, uh, prescription drugs." You voted against lowering a cost of prescription drugs for seniors because you just hate seniors. It's like, no. If you put a prescription drug price control bill before me, I will vote for it. If you put a prescription uh, uh, price control drug, or excuse me, prescription drug price control bill within a massive Democrat spending plan for climate, no, I'm going to vote against it because you're you're completely lying. So the politics 
of natural disasters of, and in this case, Hurricane Ia, continue to be played not by the conservative Republican right, but by the left-wing media. Don Lemon, Joy Reid, every one of these just short-sighted mental simpletons, uh, they think we can't see through them. Bad news for you, we do. All right, 925, Always Right Radio continues on AM 1420, The Answer. Thirty-six, Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Appreciate you being with us on this Friday morning. Phone lines are open at 216-901-0945, Now, before I do this, this was a... When is the last time we had a really good, in-depth look at where we are with respect to COVID and the reality of COVID? Because there are two different things. There's COVID, the way the government presents COVID, and then there's the reality of COVID. Now, Joe Biden said in his little walk-and-talk interview with uh, 60 Minutes two weeks ago that the pandemic is over. And almost immediately, uh, heart attacks were suffered by the CEOs of Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson & Johnson. Uh, What? What are you doing? Do you know how much money we're going to lose if you don't continue to push the boosters on people? What do you mean it's over? How dare you? The left went berserk. How dare you say it's over? It is not over. We are not out of the woods. We've got to continue to push our poison shots on people. So let's take a real look at where we are. Alex Berenson, who is a former reporter for the New York Times uh, and an author of Tell Your Children and Pandem- uh, Pandemia, uh, is now writing his on his own, independently, uh, in his own substack at Alex Berenson. And he put together a tweet thread, a Twitter thread, that absolutely deserves our attention. And I want to share this because I want you to share this with other people, particularly as you come into contact with people who are still wearing masks. And I know there are people who are still wearing masks. I don't harass them. The last thing I want is to harass anybody because that's the one thing I didn't want them to do when I was in all my public places not wearing masks. Don't harass me. Live your life. Be you, and I'll be me. You do you, I'll do me. And by the way, if you doing you is effective and your mask actually stops the transmission of a virus through uh, its pores and its uh, you know, and, and the openings in the mask, then you shouldn't have to worry about me. You shouldn't have to worry. I would be able to. Ha- I could. I could have every disease known to man. I'd be able to walk up to you and go. <sighs> and if your mask works the way you think it works, well, then you should have no problem. But I digress. If you know people who are still freaked out. People who are still lining up to get shots. If you know people who are still lining up to get their children aged six months to five years uh, to get shots, I won't call them vaccines, then you need to know what the real story is and where we are today. Alex's first tweet. Despite very loose counting rules, COVID is no longer in the top 20 causes of deaths worldwide. And when we say loose counting rules, or when he says it, here's what he means and here's what I mean. They took people who were very, very deathly ill. They took people who were in hospice care, 
who were dying. And then when they died, they did COVID tests on their corpse and said, COVID, that's a COVID death. It's like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. This person has had cancer. This person has had this, that. They they literally, they had people who were killed in car crashes, found out they had COVID when they died and called it COVID deaths. But even with those loose counting rules, Alex points out, COVID is no longer in the top 20 causes of death, death worldwide. Stomach cancer, falling, suicide, tuberculosis, diarrhea. They are all ranked higher on the number of deaths, causes of death worldwide than COVID. Measured by life years lost, COVID is probably not even in the top 50. But it's certainly not in the top 20 uh, worldwide, despite very loose counting rules. Number two, no, the mRNA vaccines get no credit for the end of this epidemic slash pandemic. To the extent that infections and deaths are still happening, you know where they're occurring the most? In the U.S. and other advanced countries that used the novel coronavirus shots. In countries like India, where they did not, COVID ended a long time ago. And there's there's bar graphs here. There are specific statistics that prove this, current and up-to-date. But there are countries that did not embrace the use of these experimental DNA-altering shots. And their people stopped dying and their people stopped getting hospitalized and even getting infected a lot faster than those who did. Why? Because this messes with your immune system. The profit shots are really dangerous for people's immune system. It's what they are finding out, which is one of the reasons why, and we said this many times, you cannot... Mandate these things until long-term studies can be done on what the long-term effect will be. And the effect on the immune system is one of the things we are now finding out just two years. It's not even a real long-term yet, but two years after the beginning of the pandemic, um, you know, they're finding out that's one of the long-term effects is weakened, compromised immune systems in people who took the shots. Those spike proteins messed with people's immune system. Number three, to some extent... This difference represents massive financially and politically driven over-testing for COVID in the United States and Europe. The fact that countries like India are much younger helps them too. But the mRNA countries inarguably have had worse outcomes overall. So let's pause and hit that for just one second. One of the things that we did is we, and still do, is over-test. I know people... Particularly in places where, I can't say my work, but but and I won't say where, but I know people whose places of work, I, I hear their stories, and they're coming back and, you know, somebody is out for five days. Why? They took a COVID test. They have COVID. I said, why did they take a COVID test? Um, they, they, they had a stuffy nose. And that's just an example. People who just, prior to the existence of COVID, people had a stuffy nose would do what? They might take a nose pill. They might take a a, a uh, um, uh, you know a sufedrin. They might take uh, some nasal spray. Before COVID, somebody who had a stomach ache just uh, they they swallow a couple of tums, or maybe a shot of pepto and they go to work. Now, because of COVID, anybody who has any symptom of any illness whatsoever, it's like <gasps> I got to take a test. I might have COVID. And then they find out, oh, look, I've got COVID because of the horrific, horrific testing procedures involving cycle thresholds. They can, they can 
up those things to any level that they want to prove that anybody has ever had any kind of a virus or any kind of a disease that they want. But people are taking COVID tests for no reason whatsoever. They're terrified. They've been terrified by the propaganda of the government. The government still wants you to get these shots. Joe Biden said literally, and I know I played this a couple of times over the last couple of days, but Joe Biden, if you recall, literally said, hey, you know that hurricanes are coming. You better get vaccinated. If you're in a state where hurricanes often strike, like Florida or the Gulf Coast or into Texas, a vital part of preparing for hurricane season is to get vaccinated now. I mean, you, you can't. There's no response to that. There just isn't. So they're still trying to push these things on you. And they, they continue to want you to test. And it's just ridiculous. There's no need whatsoever. But like I said, prior to COVID, you would have these things. You'd take out over-the-counter medicine, and you'd be fine. And that's it. But now it's like, oh, my gosh, I've got to stay out for five days. And I've got to stay away from people. And I've got to put masks back on. And it's stop being so paranoid. Do not allow the propaganda to change your life. That's the only thing I can say about that. Number four from Alex Berenson. What's striking about the curves in countries that did not use the mRNA vaccines is how much they look like earlier epidemics. A couple of big seasonal peaks and then a return to normality as the virus learns to live with us and vice versa. That, of course, means endemic. It's going to be endemic in our society. Yeah, you might over the course of you know however many years to come, particularly in the cold and flu season, you might actually get COVID. You may get it every year, like people get the flu every year, or some people do anyway, and you can choose if you want after a long period of time and a lengthy uh, study has been conducted over the long-term effects. Then you can decide whether or not you want to take that, just like you can decide whether or not you want to take a flu shot. That's how it's supposed to be. That's why this can never have been mandated. That's why the federal government should be sued in a class action lawsuit into non-existence. And I know that's crazy to say. I mean, it's our government. It's our country. But I mean... In all reality, what they did by by mandating shots for all federal workers or, or workers of contractors that work with the feds and in the military, what they did by mandating something that they had no earthly idea what the outcome would be, uh, they put so many people's lives and health in jeopardy and, and their long-term ability to fight off diseases because their immunity system, immune systems have been compromised. It's, 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 it's impossible to defend. It really is indefensible. Number five from Alex Berenson, the pattern is very different in the mRNA countries where seasonality disappeared uh, from mid-2021 to mid-2022, leaving a grinding and seemingly endless wave of infections and deaths. There it is. And that's exactly right. Again, he's not just making things up. He has the numbers, the statistics that show the shots that are the countries that did not promote the shots versus the countries that did and mandated them. The difference is the ones that mandated them are still suffering from occasional infections and deaths, even though it's in the lowest, uh, or not in the top 20, rather, uh, worldwide. To the extent that COVID is still causing deaths, it's causing them in places where the shots were mandated. What's that tell you? And finally, number six, which has ended only now that Omicron has overcome the fact that the mRNAs prevent people from mounting a full antibody response, including anti-N antibodies, to the wild and Delta-type variants. Now we all have a full complement of antibodies. Now the epidemic is over.
So it, it's it, you know nobody's talking about it. Nobody is 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 declaring, "Hey, go back to your normal life. You don't have to wear masks." But every time I see people wearing their masks in you know their masks in public, I I I don't say like I said I won't harass them because I didn't want to be harassed for not wearing them. But I do have to say, where are you getting your news? Are you understand? Did you know this? Did you know the CDC this week? What three days ago? I want to say now, the CDC finally changed their guidelines for healthcare facilities. They have lifted mask mandates in healthcare facilities. They had the CDC had made very direct recommendations to all health facilities, patients, staff, doctors, nurses, visitors. Everybody must wear masks in the health facilities, even though the masks were proven to be completely and utterly useless against viruses. That was their that was their order, or that was their their recommendation. They have lifted their recommendation. So if you go to the doctor now and they make you put a mask on, you can argue with them. This is what I mean when I say, "Where'd you get your news?" You can argue with them and say, "Hey, the CDC says this is no longer necessary." So I think I'm going to pass the mask. Make them, make them, you know, do something. Make them call uh, security or do. I, again, I don't want to tell you what to do. I shouldn't say make them call security, but that's how I feel about it. That's what I would do if I was going in. If I had to visit somebody in the hospital, or if I had to go in for a treatment or something, and they tried to mask me right now, I would go in armed with the latest news. I would go in armed with the latest facts. CDC says that's not necessary. CDC said masking is only a guideline that is up to you now. And guess what? I'm not doing it. And just kind of see where it goes. It's an amazing thing how far that a few facts will take you. Know the reality of the, the danger of the virus. Know the reality of the, of the danger of the, uh, the quote-unquote treatment or the prevention in the form of these profit shots. And know the reality of the effectiveness of things like masks and standing six feet apart and standing versus sitting. As if the virus will only get you when you stand up, but it won't touch you when you are seated. All of those ridiculous things we have heard over the last two and a half years have been proved. We knew then. We knew then. If you were listening to shows like this one, then we told you about the insane uh, arguments that they were making and about how completely fundamentally illogical they were. But now we have more than just, you know, the ability to say we think it's illogical. Now we have proof. And now we have CDC, which was pushing all of the shots and pushing the masks and so on and so forth, acknowledging now, yeah, not so much. So I hope that helps. 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. It's coming up on 950. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Pursuit of happiness. Always right radio with Bob Fretz of the answer. Yes, indeed. That's exactly what we do, and we are going to pursue happiness by pursuing victory in the midterm elections. Uh, if you have not yet heard the news, uh, we've got great news uh, regarding the Battleground Talkers Tour, which is coming up on the 22nd, October 22nd. That's a Saturday. It's at the IX Center. Um, thanks to our sponsor, we have 
covered your ticket. We have a sponsor for this event. It's wired differently, and your ticket price is now covered. So anybody who bought a ticket already, we're not going to make you pay twice because it's already paid for once and then make you pay again. No, 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 no. We're going to refund that money to you. Check your emails for that. And if you have not yet signed up and registered to get your ticket, which is paid for, for the Battleground Talkers Tour event, the time is now. They are flying. Go to uh, whkradio.com, whkradio.com, and register to claim your free tickets. And I'll say what I said yesterday again today. Don't be greedy. Don't just take care of yourself. Find out who else is going. Find out what other family members are going. Give them the link or tell them whkradio.com or get online and order for everybody that is going <clears throat> But because... um. Space is limited. We like for it to be unlimited, but it's not. It is limited, and uh, it is a first-come, first-served situation. So if you want to be there to join us for our discussion of the border crisis, for the inflation crisis, to discuss the uh, ec- economic crisis, the civil rights under attack, the weaponization of the IRS and the FBI against the American people, the war on parents, the crime crisis, all of these things that we are dealing with right now can be resolved if we just choose the right leadership. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to rally together in support of the right leaders on uh, October 22nd and hopefully carry all of that momentum and energy all the way through to November 8th and Election Day. So if you do not already have the plans to be there, and maybe you were trying to think if you could uh, decide if you could uh, afford the tickets, you don't have to worry about that anymore. The tickets are covered. All you've got to do is claim them at whkradio.com. You'll see Brandon Tatum. The officer uh, will be with us on stage. The professor, Hugh Hewitt, of course, will moderate the event. Eric Metaxas, uh, the tremendous Salem radio host and author. Peter Kersenow. I love Peter on these stages. It's so funny. You know, we got all these national radio hosts, and Pete just does his uh, Kersenow report, which is 60 seconds at a time. They run every week, uh, various points throughout the day. And Pete is, 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 he takes a backseat to no one. In terms of his ability to communicate and to uh, essentially uh, inspire and and uh, uh, educate the audience, he takes a backseat to no one, whether he has a full-time radio show or not, because Pete is just brilliant. And then I will be there offering everything that I can and support as well. So the stage will consist of Brandon Tatum, Hugh Hewitt, Eric Metaxas, Peter Kersenow, and yours truly, and we need you to be there. It's all about coming together. In fact, I'll be honest with you, the people on stage are are kind of, you know, less relevant than the people who are going to be in the crowd. You know, we're there just to try to organize the rally, but it's a rally in which you and your participation, I think, are, are of the utmost importance, more so than the actual uh, people on stage. In other words, you're bigger than me. You're bigger than, than Hugh. You're bigger than, than Brandon and everybody else because you, the massive crowd of Ohio voters who are going to be there, who are going to take this message to the people that they, uh, you know, that you're close with, um, and make sure that, uh, you, you know, you, you take other people with you, not just to the event, but to the polls on November 8th. That's how we win this thing. So you are more important, seriously. Your presence there is more important than ours. Uh, we're just going to try to coordinate it together. So hopefully you will be there uh, on October 22nd. Tickets available right now. And again, they are paid for. You don't have to pay a nickel. Just go to, well, you do have to pay a nickel. You have to pay for parking. You got to pay to park your car. What can we do? That's the IAX Center. But the uh, ticket for the event is covered. Go to whkradio.com, whkradio.com. Coming up, after the top of the hour news, 
We're going to talk with Ken Cuccinelli. We had our conversation cut short when I was broadcasting live from D.C. last week. But Ken Cuccinelli, the former director of home or uh, secretary of Homeland Security, is going to be back to kind of finish up that conversation on the border. But he's also going to talk to us about something maybe more important, maybe the most important thing that we're dealing with right now, election integrity. Can we trust free and fair elections will be held in November? That is extraordinarily important, and Ken Cuccinelli is, Cuccinelli is going to talk to us about it coming up after the news on Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.